the, the days of a recruiter having to really remember or jot down different iterations, skills, synonyms, acronyms are gone. We are constantly learning based off of the resumes that we're parsing. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. Good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, this is Ben, and I'm so glad to have you here with us today. I am really excited about this conversation you're about to hear. So, back in December, I had the opportunity, the privilege, the joy of heading down to Jacksonville, Florida, of all places, for the HR Tech Connect Summit. I'm actually helping out with the events and uh, get to, because of that, get kind of a sneak peek behind the scenes and get to talk to some of the speakers and things like that. One of the sessions we actually ran there and I got to moderate this panel, was around myth-busting in AI. And you know me, one of the things that I care about is AI, not for its own sake. I'm not the AI guy for fun. I talk about it because I truly believe it helps us to get closer to the vision that we have for HR and talent practices when we first get into the profession. When we step into this, we think about the things, the impacts we can have, and all too often we get dragged down by some of the other stuff we just have to get done day to day. So in this conversation, I'm going to talk to Terry Bustamante from Daxtra about how some of the AI tools can help us when it comes to recruiting, how they can help us to minimize bias or reduce that in some cases, how they can help us to cast a bigger net for candidates, how they can help us to take our hands off of things we shouldn't be doing so we can focus on creating better conversations with the candidates we do want to seek out. This session at the conference, by the way, was the only one at the entire event. I somehow talked them into letting me live stream it, which created some some fun challenges, but also created some fun opportunities for us to really be able to reach an audience outside the room with these key messages and stories. So that was a, a ton of fun again. So this session you're going to hear, though, Terry and I are going to go through some of the things that happened there. And I'm trying to break down some of the myths that are out there because I want each and every one of you listening and everyone out there who's not yet listening but will be, I'm very hopeful and optimistic as you can tell, I want everyone that hasn't heard this message yet to hear that there are things to be careful of, there are things to be watchful for. We should not completely abandon all reasonable decision making. But at the same time, there are opportunities to use these things to help us get better, to improve our outcomes, things like that. So you're going to hear this episode. We have two other episodes in this series that will be coming with some interviews with practitioners, things like that, to really make this stand out and to give you some good insight into why I care about this, not just because I wrote a book and because the publisher wants me to sell a ton, whatever. What I care about is making work better for every employee, for every candidate, and for every single HR and recruiting leader that are serving them as well. So if you're in one of these professions that, that we talk about all the time here, that we cover here on the show, you should enjoy this episode and keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears open, whatever the right metaphor is here for a podcast listener, because we'll have two other episodes coming in this series in the coming month or two to dive deeper into this. So thank you for being with us. I hope you enjoyed the episode. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So glad to have you here with us for this myth-busting session. So we've been diving into these conversations about how some of the things that we hear in the news about AI and machine learning, all things, maybe a little bit overblown, overhyped, right? And so these sessions are allowing us to dive into some of the specific purposes and applications for us as HR leaders, as talent leaders, as recruiters. They allow us to use these, allows us to use the things that make us special, make us human in combination with the tool technology to create the best results, right? To find the right candidates, to convert people and make them want to come work for us, all the kind of fun things. So we've, we've had different discussions today. This one's going to focus on hiring, right? Which is a challenge that every single one of us probably set up a little straighter, probably listen a little, listen, listen a little more closely because all of us are dealing with this right now. So I have here with me, Terry from Daxter. We're going to dive into this conversation and I'm so excited to have you here with me, Terry. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. How's everybody doing? My name is Terry Bustamante. I've been in the industry about 20 years now. Started off in the recruitment industry, working for a global headhunting firm, and then spent the last about 10, 12 years really consulting with staffing and recruiting firms, HR technology departments to help them really automate their digital advertising and recruitment processes. So pleasure to be with everybody. Awesome. Myself, ben. Thank you. Absolutely. I always have a fun conversation with you because yeah. you have been You've been in the space, you've done all this, these sort of things you're talking about here, and it gives you a different perspective than someone who's just sat there as a recruiter. They don't see all the other things, all the other pieces of this. So just to kick us off, I'd love for you to talk about this through the lens of what everybody thinks of probably when they think of AI and hiring, because we hear about bias all the time. Yeah. And there are things that we can do with machine learning, with algorithms that don't inject bias in the process. And I'd love for you to help get help us understand some of those kinds of things, if you don't mind. Yeah. Because I think that's a great place for us to start, just to say, hey, that's a myth and let's bust it right now. Yeah, it, it truly is actually. And I think that um, what we're seeing is when you're looking at bias in a resume, it's going to be maybe the person's name, where they live. A hiring manager might be making a decision on how how convenient or how far it is for them to commute to work. Their previous companies, dates of employment, so you can determine somebody's age. And so what we're doing is you can actually anonymize this information as well, but we're moving more to... What Daxra does particularly is uh, natural language processing. So it's understanding the context actually of job titles, skills in a resume so that you can actually do what is the trend now. And that's skills-based hiring, right? It's huge. It's the big conversation right now. So what we're allowing folks to do is to really look at the contents within the resume in context. So what are you looking for from a job title? What are you looking for from a different skill set to fill particular positions? And we can also anonymize this information that we're talking about, even if it's to mention some of the other things, but even if it's the universities or hobbies and interests, we're going as far as, are you a part of a, maybe a Latino leadership group? We can anonymize that so that the hiring manager or the recruiter can't make biased hiring decisions based on that until after they accept and qualify that person or accept them as a qualified candidate, mm -hmm. right? Uh, then it opens up the additional information and the contents, but at least it's tracked in the customer's applicant tracking system that this recruiter, this hiring manager made an actual decision based off of the person's actual skills and qualifications. I love that because as you said, like there's a hundred different things that could be in there that we could, some of it could be intentional, some of it could be completely no. unintentional, right? Yeah. I don't intentionally disregard this, these candidates for this reason, but maybe it happened. It just happens. Bias is a part of how we work and how we live. Yep. And so I love this perspective on it yeah. because it allows us to say, 
And every company out there would, if you ask them outright, that's for you out there listening right now. Yeah. If we said, hey, do you want to hire based on the skills, the qualifications, the capabilities that someone has? Is that a thing you're looking for? And every one of us would say, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes down to it, we get skewed, we get pulled away, we get, oh, they went to that same school as me. Or, and that's not with a negative intent, but yeah. it can have a negative impact on certain people. So I love that you're approaching it through that lens. Yeah. So talk about, one of the things I think is interesting, because I've had a chance to see some of the stuff that you guys are doing, yeah. where maybe I'm new as a recruiter in a, for a technology company, and we're looking for engineers. I can do a search, but it can see other related skills that I don't know to search for. We talk about some of that because I think that's interesting and another yeah. application that allows us to get more value out of something like this. Yeah, absolutely. Us or Dax in particular, or uh, I'd say any resume parsing company out there, we've been parsing over, Dax in particular, again, has been parsing over a hundred uh, million resumes a month. And we are constantly learning based off of the resumes that we're parsing. So the, the days of a recruiter having to really remember or jot down different iterations, skills, synonyms, acronyms are gone, right? We are automatically going to include these synonyms, acronyms of a job title, of a, of a skill. And then we also, we're an integrations company at heart. So we build out custom taxonomies. So we'll layer particular taxonomies on top of ours to build out proprietary algorithms or taxonomies for customers as well. So this is, again, it goes back to that skills-based recruiting, automating the resume parsing process when they come in to really normalize the different skills or job titles to whatever that company has registered in their CRM or ATS to automate that to where a recruiter maybe was doing that manual. And then we apply that on the search side as well, where we're matching candidates to jobs to candidates etc. That's so awesome. I, yeah. When you said that, having those acronyms, I remember having that post note on my yeah, desk, yeah. right? With, yeah. okay, I'm looking for a tech writer for this job. I need to yeah. search for A, B, and C, these things, because I was not a tech writer. I don't know what in the world I can explain the job they do yeah. you know, to someone in layman's terms. Yeah. And so to be recruiting for these people, just for technical stuff, it quickly gets out of your depth. Yeah. And so to have those things looking over your shoulder, in a positive way, not in the, yeah. the creepy stalker yeah. way, <laughs> saying, hey, you didn't ask this, but this is probably what you meant. Do you want to include this in the search? Do you want to make sure we're looking for these other related and associated things? Yep. Or Terry has X skill. So people like Terry often have Y skill as well. Yeah. And adding those things in so you get a better search. I cast a net that's wider for and capture more candidates yeah. than if you would just search for that very limited and narrow scope yeah. at their beginning. Yeah. We also, just to piggyback on that, we offer the automation of matching jobs to candidates or matching candidates to jobs for upward mobility within an organization, which is extremely uh -huh. important to companies today. The other thing is uh, maybe I found Ben's a great candidate. Hiring manager would like to hire more folks like Ben. We could build a search off of that. So imagine candidates to candidates and building out those searches, not only to go and search across your internal repositories, which is extremely important, but also to help your recruiters out and to simultaneously and through automation to search over your external digital online sources that you're recruiting over as well. Talk about that internal search, right? Looking yeah. at your internal database, because I think the recruiters that I know that do it day to day and day out, they understand the value of that. But if someone is in HR, and again, this was me, so I'm not yeah. pointing any fingers. Yeah. If you're in HR and you wear the recruiting hat among all the other hats, yeah. you might not realize the value of, hey, by the way, you've already got these candidates 
you've already paid for them yeah. or you're acquire them. They're you know, in your list. Talk about the value of that. Yeah, I think that we've been able to help companies. We generally see there's some digital online sources out there where it's one-to-one. So meaning Ben posts a job and that applicant is going to go back to Ben's email. We try to automate this process so that the candidates always that are applying to jobs are getting into the internal database while also simultaneously searching over the external sources. And always when somebody is clicking on a resume, whether they're on any digital online source, job board, social media site, that those are automatically being loaded into the system. And then through that process, we've seen generally that about 10 to maybe 20% of companies' data is actually making it into the ATS. So flipping this this workflow and creating really a holistic workflow with no leaks for your digital online advertising sources, we are populating the ATS and we, we turn these numbers around to 90 to 95% of the candidates making it into the ATS. So they're immediately available to be matched against a requisition the next morning. And through this, we've also not only flipping it to where all this data is ending up in your local ATS or CRM, but also being able, again, to be able to match against that data when the candidates are coming in, we're loading them in through the job boards. Uh, active candidates are applying to jobs, so they're matchable. They're there in the database. So what we're also seeing is an increase of about 20 to 30% of candidates actually being updated organically mm-hmm. through this process because people are continuously applying to jobs, maybe from even different websites or job boards where they have different CVs or resumes. Yes. So we're updating and enriching these profiles with uh, this information, that process. Well, that reminds me, I can't remember if I told you this story before or not, but a couple of years ago, I had a chance, I was at this, this conference running some workshops and one of the, one of the leaders, his problem he was trying to solve, it's you use the word leakage a minute ago, reminded me of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a talent community that was disconnected from everything else. So people who applied there didn't go into their recruiting system. They didn't get attached mm-hmm. to any, anything else. Yeah. He said, I stopped and sat here and thought of the problem I saw. He said, I realized that we were two or 3000 candidates every quarter are coming through that when we're doing our big university recruiting efforts and then they stay in the system and never get hooked into our main candidate database where we track all of our stuff. Yep. And so he said, we're losing the chance to connect with them, to re-engage them over and over again. We're paying to acquire them once. And then we may pay to acquire them later on because we didn't keep them in our database. And so the league has kind of reminded me of that where we could do a better job of managing the data that we have there. And what I love about this is it's not just one more system to say, let's put all the stuff somewhere else. Yeah. Let's get it back into the place where you already work and doing your stuff day to day. Yeah. Yeah. So Daxtras, we're an integrations company. Our number one uh, method is to integrate within your current ATS or CRM platform. And then it would be maybe through an FTP sync and then standalone. But again, our preferred is for you guys to take advantage of your current technologies. We really want to enrich the data that you have within your current database. We think that's so important and really keep it as clean as possible, right? Through sophisticated deduplication process, et cetera, but really drive hires from that local ATS CRM while also simultaneously giving recruiters what they want. That's the ability to search over these external digital online sources, but right from within one platform. So you wouldn't have to change who your ATS or CRM provider is to get automation built into your workflows. Gosh, like this is going to the really nerdy depth yeah. level that I'm yeah. doing so much yeah. because but. every company I've talked to in the last couple of months, like recruiting is top of mind for them as a priority. Yeah. And what's 
it's a double-edged sword, right? It's a it's priority, but it's also some, now coming to the attention of other leaders outside of HR. Yeah. They're saying, yeah. this is becoming a business problem. Yeah. This is costing us something because we can't put enough people in the seats yep. that we need to put in there. This is a, goodness. I guess so, so, I mean, y'all got popped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. It's a, Me too. It's yeah. now a business problem. These yeah. companies are realizing it always has been. Yeah. Right? On some yeah. level. Yeah, but absolutely. now they're starting to realize those things. So, yeah. goodness gracious. Piece of advice. What recommendation or piece of advice, if you could talk to, if they were sitting here in front of us, no virtually sitting here in front of us right now, if you could talk to these leaders one-one, what piece of advice would you give them? What encouragement would you give them yeah. about how to recruit better right now? It could be something you've already said, double down on it or yeah, something yeah. else we haven't talked about. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of them that would just take any shred you've got. Yeah, it. Well, that's it. I just, you said it, double down. I think that there's intimidation that automation is going to take over our jobs. And no, we're really looking... Like at Daxter, we're, I always tell customers, prospects, we're looking to do 80, 90, 95% of the automation. And then there's generally a checkpoint there. If your recruiters want to get in and manipulate a search based off the different synonyms, acronyms that we've given them. So I guess my piece of advice would be adopt now. If you're not adopting automation, you're behind, you're behind. Give those hours, those minutes, those hour weeks in the calendar year back to your recruiters so that they can be more efficient, make more placements and be happier in their lives. That's a huge thing right now as well. Yeah. Just the whole work-life balance with the whole <laughs> the economic state of yeah. everything that's going on. Bring that tech to your team, give them the opportunity to, to be efficient and succeed so that your organization can be successful as well. Awesome. Wonderful. I love that so much. I'll, one last thing I'll close with here is we actually did a study this year. You all know I'm a research, the research nerd and Terry, yeah. you don't know that you do now. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so one of the things yeah. we found in the research this year is we asked companies who've started using some sort of automation, some sort of machine learning, some sort of tools within their hiring processes. What are you doing with that extra time your recruiters have freed up? Right. Are you getting rid of all of them? We've replaced them with an algorithm. Yeah. No, we actually found that companies were spending more time sourcing more time, engaging with candidates, more time building relationships with their hiring manager stakeholders. And so they're spending their time, these other really high value activities that right now they can't quite get to because they're having to match people's skills against a, a job posting and all the other stuff that just drags us down and slows us down. So thank you so much for joining us, yes, Terry. Thank you. thank you for your insights, for your passion, for the space. I'm Absolutely. About it. Love it. Appreciate yeah. you and, and actually what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. All right. To everybody else out there, everybody. another myth busted. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.